Hello, White Sox fans. It's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 23 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by Southside Sox and a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have my wonderful friend, Mikey. You might know him from Baseball Perspectives. It's Never Sunny in Seattle. Um, he is a two-time Sabre Award winner and known Palsy Wald appreciator. So, Mikey, welcome. Feel free to add to that if you wish. You added plenty. That you added the Paul Seawald appreciating is very appreciated. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yes, thank you. So, let's get into what's going on with your Mariners. So, your American League West has has been interesting to watch because there are four teams at either 500 or above. The Rangers obviously running away with this division right now, and the Mariners sitting fourth. And still at, you know, that 500 mark. So what's going on in Seattle? Yeah, I've, uh, for people who listen to my podcast, you know, the people who are listening here likely don't, but um, I have historically been someone that hasn't thought the Rangers were particularly good. Um, And I, I still think they're kind of playing over their heads. I think they're hitting better than their true talent. And I think, uh, most of the reason I haven't liked them is because I don't like the construction of their starting rotation, which has been like a top five rotation uh, in their bullpen. So, yeah, it's pretty tough. I think I think the Mariners can hack it with a lot of these teams, but the Rangers are, you know, getting so far ahead of the pack that it, I'm starting to, you know, kind of think like the Mariners might not be able to reach you. Um they have not been hitting uh, a lot of the uh, players that hit last year, like Eugenio Suarez and um, Teoscar Hernandez are, you know, have been like scuffling and have had moments. I think Suarez started the year really hot and actually was um, had a really high batting average, which was strange. And then Hernandez starting to, to kind of turn it around, but um we're 500 <laughs> yeah you I mean you are it and it does seem like they've recently turned a corner there was just you know a 9-3 win against the Marlins so I mean do you think if if they do kind of turn it around and these guys start actually hitting again do you think you can at least kind of catch up with the Rangers I I kind of think I just think that they they need a bat really badly. And, and there have been some interviews with Jerry DePoto in the past uh, week or two. He's had a couple. And, you know, he. It, it seems like it's pretty clear that they're trying to add a bat. There's also that, like, you know, Julio hasn't hit like himself. And he's starting yeah. to come around, too. But, you know, while these things are happening, like, Jared Kalnick is, really hasn't, like, done much for a couple months. He's He's really, really cooled off. Um, and even though he actually has the highest WRC plus on the team, if you don't count Mike Ford. Um, but when you look at like how that has, he's, you know, done that. Um, yeah, I think, I think it'll take, you know, a couple acquisitions on the offensive side for them to, to do anything. And even then, you know, we're going to see the Rangers mm-hmm. add to their bullpen or, or add a starter. So, um, I think it'll be pretty tough. I, I I hope I hope they're they're aggressively gunning for a wild card spot. Yeah. So 
And I know our lovely Big Dumper has been in a bit of a slump. So, and I mean, he, he just finally kind of broke that slump a little bit, but what pulls these guys out of these slumps? Like T Oscar and, you know, Cal and everybody else. The, the interesting thing that I've noticed with, with Julio and with Eugenio Suarez is like, when you look at their Woba versus like their ex Woba, just their, you know, essentially like their batted ball results versus, uh, you know, what they're pre- or, uh, expected to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they've actually been a lot worse than you'd expect, which makes me think that they're just, you know, positive regression candidates. And then there's also that, like, if you look at, you know, um, Oscar, when you look at Suarez, uh, they're really like, and, and Julio, a lot of what they're missing is just their pull side power. And for some reason, they're just not hitting, you know, home runs. Um, so I think part of it is just, you know, it's uh, it's what happens earlier in the year is, is the ball is not flying as much and they, they you know, they call Seattle home, <laughs> uh, which sucks for hitters. But um I I think we're going to see some some combination of just positive regression and also just um yeah just uh, it's kind of the nature of it for power hitters and also mm-hmm. like this is kind of how they've been hitting anyway so hopefully between the two we'll yeah. see I I definitely expected at least some regression from Julio because he was just intense last year he was so great so that's good to hear um to you know, if you have to pick in, you know, it's June right now. Do you have an MVP on your team right now that you would pick? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to go with a pitcher. That's fair. It might have to be, it might have to be Luis Castillo. Um, I mean, he has the lowest ERA. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he also just, I mean... He's been so good since joining uh, the Mariners. I think I just saw a stat come up today or yesterday. Um, I think for any Mariner in, you know, history with 10 or more starts, I think he has the lowest ERA, um, which is like, you know, in terms of results, it's really cool. And obviously the peripherals look, look really good. He doesn't allow a lot of home runs. He he just strikes out, you know, a lot of people, doesn't walk very many people. Um his it's it's been cool to watch his, his fastball. Um, I wanted to write an article about it, but his, his fastball, you know, has ticked up this year in terms of like fastball ride, uh, you know, vertical movement, and he got his changeup kind of back. So, um, just a lot of interesting stuff kind of going on uh, underneath the hood. But I think Luis Castillo. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. But on the other end, you have someone that you would put on the trading block. You know, because we've got that trade deadline coming up. Ooh. That's a good question. I think, again, it'll have to be a pitcher because, you know, I, I think they ought to to deal from a strength. Uh, I think Marco Gonzalez might be back. So I don't think anyone's going to be super interested in him. I might say... I might say Bryce Miller. I don't know what his stock, you know, looks like when... Yeah. You know, when like DePoto or, or uh, Hollander are talking to other teams, but 
Um, I think I think he's gonna be really good. Um, I just really love Brian Wu, mm-hmm. and think that you know they have guys coming up. Um, so if if you want to deal from a strength, if you want to trade someone who's good, who's really young, and as you know, GM talk is like controllable. Uh, I think that's Bryce Miller. Like, I think he could net you a, a really good bat. So, um, someone like that. Yeah. Well, Rick Hahn, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> we need all the pitching help we can get. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mentioned, obviously, at the beginning, your your love for Paul Seawad. Seawad. Ooh, I can't talk. So, <laughs> I know. so how did this kind of begin? And I mean, do you still have that? You got like a frame, you got an autographed Jersey or something, wasn't it? You yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, I think so. Uh, the kind of backstory is I just, I, I tweeted something just kind of offhand about like, you know, I didn't want, like, I think I got a lot of people commenting and whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I just was kind of, I really love kids. I love working with kids. That's most of what I've done since graduating from uh, from high school. And I think I was just hanging out with my brothers, friends, kids. <laughs> um, and I had been feeling, you know, pretty rough around that point. And, uh, you know, I've historically dealt with suicidal ideations and... Um, had been up to that point but that day i just felt like so you know there's something about kids and i'm sure you know this as a mother but uh yeah just so much creativity and imagination that kids still have before growing up and really losing it i think because of the society we live in so i just tweeted something offhand that was just like you know been feeling pretty bad lately but i'm feeling really great right now because of kids kids rule and everyone was just like, oh, you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I mean, this is nice, but like, you know, I, I didn't want like attention. <laughs> um, and the next day I was sitting in the the nook of my kitchen with my brother and my sister-in-law and just talking and, and a notification popped up on my phone. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I was like, guys, Paul Seawald just tweeted at me and like, I say this all the time, but like, I don't really like to like lionize or put people up on a pedestal because of their job. But, you know, being a nerd and being someone who's loved baseball for literally as long as I can remember, it was just crazy. And and he, he, you know, he uh, sent me a a tweet and then was like, you know, let's get you set up with something and, and DM'd me. And they were on a road trip to, to Houston at the time. And he's like, you know what? Like, are you around? So like, I was going to mail you something, but if you're going to be around, like just come through. And I was like, bro, I live very close to the stadium. I can come through. So, um, you know, I was like, I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, but I showed up and it was, I think, I think I'm glad it was just like a very normal conversation. Just like, you know, uh, it just felt like two dudes <laughs> talking. Um, and he, yeah, he gave me a Jersey that just said like, you know, uh, thanks for being the the PSA club prez. And he signed it. He's very, very sweet. And, um, you know, we've had some correspondence back and forth since then, but I think less or so as time has passed. Um, but man, just such a, a, a cool, 
player to root for and and such a good dude. Yeah, he's wonderful. I feel that way a lot with um, Jake Berger on the White Sox. He's, you know, he's a great person. He followed me on Twitter out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, wow. again, like you don't yeah. put these people on this pedestal. But at the same time, I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, no, this is actually this is pretty cool. And yeah. like we <laughs> talked before and we talked about mental health. And mm. he's just one of those like top tier guys that I'm yeah. lucky I can interact with on it semi-regular basis he's a little busy right yeah. now but you know it turns out yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's super cool yeah so this is where i ask some kind of fun questions from twitter this one was probably my favorite but which mariners and white Sox players would most likely be best friends whoa <laughs> okay so this is like basically like pick a group or a couple individuals from both teams Mm -hmm. to be like besties yeah wow okay Uh, i'm gonna have to think about this for a second i feel like i feel like la jimenez fits really well on this team Mm -hmm. and you know i just think the nature of being Latina means he probably would get along really well. I think with Julio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. LA, one. LA seems like a really silly guy. Yeah. Yes, he's very silly, and he's young. He's a lot. He's pretty young. Yeah. So that's a good. I one. think with Julio. Yeah, I think I think LA and who I I would really love to see that. <laughs> I would too. That would be fun. So thank you. <laughs> Brittany was the one that asked that. You might All follow. Right Yes. Um, This one was best player in team history, not named Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. or Ichiro. Whoa. I know. I think, you know, if we're not just like going off of war, I think Alex Rodriguez. Um, Really, really bums me out that A-Rod left because... Sometimes I think about the talent on those late, you know, mid-late 90s Mariners team and, like, what could have been. Like, that contract that A-Rod got was a lot at the time. And it's actually wild because it still, like, holds up, you know, into the 2010s and 2020s. Um, I think A-Rod, you know, is one of the really, like, kind of better players of all time. Yeah. Um could have been a shortstop, could have played with Ichiro and, and Griffey longer. So um, I'm going to go with A-Rod. He yeah. was actually my my like favorite uh, Mariner, I think, even after he left. So That's cute. Yeah. 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 That was such a fun time to watch baseball. I know you were on the younger side, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lovely time for me, the old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dog agrees, apparently. So this one, who would be the first Mariner to win an Olympic medal in in what non-baseball event? Ooh. So I think Julio. I think Julio is, you know, it's just otherworldly athlete. Um, I feel like some sort of sprint, right? Or like shot. Do they do shot put still? I think <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe. 
pick an event and i think julio would yeah. probably especially if it's like running mm -hmm. uh or throwing i think it'd do pretty well so we'll go with those two the shortest sprint you have and uh and shot put <laughs> i like it and then let's see we've got are the mariners willing to move top prospects again to add to bench and rotation depths and i know we kind of covered that a little bit already with the trade stuff yeah, I think I think it depends on um I think it depends on the prospects. Um like do we like Bryce Miller is still considered a prospect? If so, mm -hmm. like I think they would think about it. Um I often think about like the optics of making, you know, certain moves, especially after um the Kendall Graveman debacle where they traded him for Abraham Toro while the Astros were in town. Um, and like, you know, how that kind of thing would, would look, but also it's like, obviously they're trying to get better in this scenario. So I think they would deal out of, out of their young pitching and, and uh, guys like him and Emerson Hancock and maybe Wu. Um, but I think, I think Wu really fits the club here. So I, I think, I think they would. Um, and maybe, maybe it, it looks a little unconventional or it looks more creative than you'd think. Cause this is a, it's a weird front office we have here. <laughs> I feel Very that. Yeah. Uh, this one was just for me. Were you in Nirvana's top 1% of listeners and your Spotify wrapped last year? I am a certified sicko, and I think I was, like, literally in the top 0.0001% or something like that. Um, I yeah, I listened to a lot of Nirvana. Um, I have since probably 2016, and I haven't really stopped. So yeah. <laughs> apparently they're timeless. They are. They, they are timeless. Yeah. All right. We are going to take just a quick break to pay some bills, and we will be back to talk about the series. All right. Welcome back. I'm Crystal O'Keefe. Again, I've got Mikey here to talk about this upcoming Mariners White Sox series. So right off the bat, the series starts with on fire Michael Kopech versus Brian Wu. He does have a large ERA right now, but I know he's still pretty, pretty new. Then we've got Lucas Giolito, who's also he's been great lately. Um, and he goes against a, a pretty even Logan Gilbert. They their ERAs are really similar. They're both kind of the same the same pitcher. Um, and then we have Lanslin for now, so long as he is not DFA'd in the next few days. He's been absolutely atrocious. And he goes up against your very young Bryce Miller. So what should we expect with these matchups? I mean, like I said. Two of them are really good matchups. Yeah, um, I think I think the first in particular, it was what was it again? Uh, Kopech against Kopech and Wu. Kopech and Wu, I think, is a a really good one. Um, I think the White Sox uh, rotation is so fascinating because of how you know. Obviously, I don't follow the team as closely as you do, but. It seems like guys like Kopech and Giolito go kind of in and out so frequently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there will be stretches where Giolito is really good and um, 
stretches where he, you know, uh, really struggles, mm-hmm. um, which I think has to do with, you know, obviously he's just like a, a pretty fastball changeup, you know, oriented guy um, and has lost his velo and his changeup shape. And I think because they're so dependent on each other, um, you know, he kind of has more boom and bust, but that, that first, um, that first matchup in particular is really interesting to me because I've historically really liked Michael Kopech. And I think I remember earlier this year saying to, uh, Maliki Hayes that I was like, I don't, I don't really know if he's gonna, if where he succeeds is going to be in Chicago or at least, you know, um, with the white Sox because, uh, the fastball is obviously good, but as we've seen with guys like Brian Wu in his first start and and Bryce Miller, um, you need more than just the fastball. But you know, aside from some home runs, really has has turned it up um, as of late. So yeah, I think uh, also interesting matchups because the Mariners are pretty. I mean, really good fastball hitters, and you have a, a group of um you know uh to varying extents fastball pitchers so um i'm really interested to see i don't know you know the the white Sox. uh um i don't know what the word is but you know what th- their proneness to breaking balls and stuff too but you know the mariners saw a lot of fastballs too so in that way i think these are really interesting matchups as well yeah, that last one especially, that could be anybody's game. Um, so do you have some keys for the Mariners to take this series? A lot of people say, you know, wear down the starting pitching or, you know, anything. So are there, is there something they can do that can kind of guarantee a win? I think a lot of what we see, and I kind of touched on this earlier, is like given the nature of being a, uh, you know, a, a pretty power dominant, power heavy lineup, um, there are just a lot of boom and busts, and they they really struggle to move runners along because they're good at getting on base, um, or at least you know better than <laughs> hitting for average or or slugging. Or, um, but, um, they, yeah, you know, if they get someone on first or even second, like you'll often see them really struggle to get guys home because they walk a lot and they hit a lot of home runs, but not so many singles or doubles. So I think, I think the kind of, you know, really keys for them are, are, you know, like, do we see actual, you know, like home runs come and, in spurts and and do they um can they get on base in ways that are not just walking so i think guys like jose caballero have been um actually he's not a good example because he's in a little he's in a little stretch where he's walked a lot and his average is like one something but he's been good but in general uh guys like jp crawford and and caballero have have been uh kind of a shot in the arm because we do not hit singles. Yeah, I understand that. The White Sox are just known for being the worst with runners in scoring position. They make me miserable almost every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a like a threat 
on the Mariners or do you have any fears going into this series? Like who do you think could take us down or who do you think could just totally blow it? I thought you were asking me if I have like a personal thread. I was like, you have a personal fear of the White Sox. (laughs) Um, Wow. I mean, I think it's, I think it's Julio. Like I think that uh, more than anyone on this team has the ability to, you know, just to help in in so many different ways. Um, can run, can I mean, can throw from the outfield, can hit for power. He's probably more likely than anyone to hit a double. Um, so you know, Julio. I think that's kind of an obvious answer. I think that um, in the you know, kind of the similar vein. I think Ty France is so critical to this ball club because he is a guy who doesn't have as much power. Like obviously he'll hit some home runs, but um, just as such, I think of like kind of Tim Anderson, like uh, it's such insane barrel control and just such strong feel for hitting. And I know that TA hasn't really um, done much. Cause actually I think I've heard that he's kind of struggled with his glove even, but um, just, you know, he just hits he just rakes uh and um i think it's someone that you know is just so key to this ball club so i think um i feel like those two yeah that's right yeah tim has been struggling i mean he was to struggle late last season and it's it's really carried over and he's been making just some you know kind of bonehead um plays Mm mm-hmm it's uh, and and uh, it's a contract year too, yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm having a coughing fit. <laughs> so, with the series, you know, we we have covered that. So this is kind of where I want to break it down and just hear your thoughts on this season. You know, mm. underdogs or who do you, who do you have going all the way? Things like that. Mm, that's a great question. Um, can we consider the Orioles underdogs? I mean, well, I think so because yeah, this I said this last year. I can see them at the very least clinching a wild card. Um, maybe they don't go further than that, but I I still think they could be considered underdogs. Yeah, I mean, you know, just with the, some of the injuries that the Rays have had, um. Already, you know, like I think a lot of people probably add them behind the Yankees and behind the Blue Jays. Uh, they have performed better, and I, you know, they're just such a like young, fun club. And and like, if it hadn't been for them and the Mariners vying for the same spot, um, I think for the past two years, then um, I would have really been rooting for them more. But yeah, just like such a fun group of guys. So I, I think, I think they're a group that. I think can actually do some damage going into the playoffs and actually like, um, yeah, with the Rays really like losing key guys. Like I, I kind of wonder if they can even overtake them by the end. Um, so I think that's, that's one team. My other underdog group is the Marlins. I, I think there's a, such a strangely constructed roster, but I wrote about them for the the baseball prospectus annual and and 
Craig gave them to me because they have such a fun pitching system. But I really, you know, grew to really, you know, love guys like Brian De La Cruz and and um, a lot of their different hitters. And I, I think they're, you know, I, I don't agree with a lot of Kim Ang's decisions at times, but um, she's created a really weird roster that is, you know, ahead of the Phillies and and not far behind the uh, the the Braves in the division. So. I think they they can, you know, maybe do some damage in the uh, in the playoffs too. I don't know about World Series. It's still team, so. But yeah, yeah um, that's a fun one. They just they just beat us in a series, but yeah, really fun to watch. Like sorry. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think probably not the Mariners or White Sox. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. So. Um, I think those are kind of my, those are my, those are my underdogs. And I think, you know, just with how, how insane the Rays are, I feel like that would be my, um, that would be my early pick for a team that's going to be, you know, pretty scary and, and might take it all this year. Yeah, they could, unless they somehow regress, which I mean, they, they have to regress at some point. It's just crazy if they don't. Well, yeah. that's what I've got for you. Uh, again, thank you a million times for coming on. Here's your chance to, again, plug your socials and where we can find you. Because I know a lot of White Sox Twitter, we already follow you because you're wonderful. But just in case, <laughs> just in case. It is it is true, yeah. Um, I think I remember asking a couple of years ago, I was like, if the Mariners suck this year, like maybe I'll just jump ship and be a White Sox fan. Um <laughs> Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Kuya Mikey, and that's K-U-Y-A. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of work, I'm I'm pretty much just at Baseball Prospectus right now, um, writing about sometimes the Mariners, but usually not, um, and have a podcast if you like the Mariners for some reason um, called It's Never Sunny in Seattle. So otherwise, I, I, I've kind of kept it more down low than in years past on on the socials and online which i think is probably for the best but (laughs) yeah that's where you can find me well again thank you so much obviously best of luck to you your team is fun i occasionally think about falling off the white Sox wagon and the mariners were one of those teams that i that i can but i have to i i I spend too much time on the white Sox now that i can't quit (laughs) so yeah All right. Well, thank you again and have a wonderful evening. Thanks.